Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. The long wait has ended after a half century. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions once again. get started here on episode 57 of For Future Considerations. Uh, my name is Matt, Manny and John here as well. I know we couldn't do this yesterday because it was National Lazy Day. So I assume that we're just going to let this out today because we've got all kinds of energy and we're excited and ready to go. Right, boys? What do you think? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is National Lazy Day for me. I'm tired. <laughs> What's going on, boys? How you doing? John hasn't gotten off the couch since 1994. <laughs> <laughs> That's what made Club Rashad so special. You just lay on the couch the entire time. That's right. People think I have an out-of-date out date couch, uh, ironically. No, I just haven't been off of it. I can't sell it or buy a new one. <laughs> it's got that great little cushion in there for you, though. Great little spot. <laughs> That's right. Guys... I've been building up my resume for coach of the year in the McAuliffe Sports Minor Soccer. So uh, my resume is looking pretty good. I got to tell you a story, though. Saturday was picture day. Okay, so we had to play games Saturday for picture day. Uh, the U10 team and the U16 team. The U16 team won. So I convinced the team. Team building experience. I convinced them to get in the splash pad. Get under the soccer ball for the water to rain down on you. Earlier in the day, the U10 team, trying to build rapport with the team, trying to get them ready for the game. We played the same team that waxed us like 7-1 two nights earlier. We got waxed 7-1 by this team. So I said, girls, if you play better and you win... I will color my hair golden because we're the golden girls. We have yellow uniforms. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to win. We just got waxed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They won. Yeah, they <laughs> 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 Three nothing. They oh, didn't even allow a goal. Three nothing. <laughs> so somebody's got to get their hair colored golden this week. That's fantastic. Oh, God, we got to get this show on TV. <laughs> <laughs> if only we had a chance. So I'll post a picture on social media after it's done or something like that. But the things you do for your daughters and their soccer teams and and that Coach of the Year award, boys. Well, I mean, uh, I didn't realize that it's uh, John Rashad, Matt Dumichel, and Alex Ferguson on the, uh, on the podcast here. My goodness. You get a 4-1 sir win. Alex Ferguson. Oh, sir, sir, sir. 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 You had a 3-0 win. Uh, yeah. Yesterday you had a 4-1 win. Like, you've already got the, 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 the trap down. It's, it's perfect. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, but good to be with you guys tonight. Well, thanks, Coach of the Year. Thanks for making time for us. Yeah, make sure. I'm, in fact, when I'm going to get a nameplate, Coach of the Year. But it's but it's good to be on the podcast. How many podcasts are we doing this week? Uh, just one this week. So a note for our listeners there. It's our only one for this week. But um, we do invite you to go back and listen to the OT from last week with Pasquale Zito of the Windsor Spitfires. 
Yep, draft pick of the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Iser plan. Uh. Very confident young man. Chip on his shoulder, looking to prove the Red Wings were right in selecting him. The steal of the draft, he called himself. So, so take a listen to that. And uh, uh, bright kid, bright young future, and I could see him uh, on the rebuilt grind line when the uh, the Wings are are right back in it with a Stanley Cup dream. He fits that type of game too. He's he's strong, uh, strong skating ability, very physical, never give up attitude. But John, do you like the hashtag I? Iser plan? No, no, I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And I love a good dad joke, but I hate that hashtag. Big thanks to everyone who reached out with positive comments on the interview too, including Megan, Bill, Steve, and Amelia as well. Uh, That was fantastic. Appreciate everyone reaching out. And it looks like Matt's power just went out. (laughs) Look how still he looks. (laughs) So calm. (laughs) Let's keep this in the show. Keep it rolling. He looks so calm. (laughs) This might be the best Matt has ever been on the podcast. (laughs) You're right, Matt. What you said last week was just plain dumb. (laughs) You're right, Matt. Major League Baseball really is on the right track. There's nothing better than a three-hour and 20-minute baseball game. In fact, it should be four hours, Matt. I agree with you. There should be unlimited pitching changes. Pitchers should be able to come back in the game. Matt's back. All right, we're back. All right, now that Matt is back with us and we've had our fun, you'll have to go back and listen, Matt. You made some brilliant observations while you were away. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. I thought we'd try something a little bit different this week. We're getting a number of emails about different topics, so I thought we should read out some of the comments and questions and let you debate some of the topics before we move into my own questions on Rapid Fire. Sounds good. All right, hey, Love I'm the- not even part of this damn thing anymore, so go, go ahead. <laughs> Love the emails. Bring them in. (laughs) And remember, you can email us your questions at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com, or you can send it directly through our social media feeds. Yeah, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, For Future Considerations on Facebook. You can find all the highlights, and you can pick all kinds of different topics that we discuss through any of those social media networks. And so our first question of the week comes from Jeff in Etobicoke, who wants to talk about money. He says, hey guys, I love the podcast. I wanted to get your take on the massive salaries in sports. Steph Curry signed a four-year, $215 million contract extension. Luka Doncic uh, signed a five-year, $207 million deal. And Josh Allen of the Buffalo Buffalo Bills signed a six-year, $258 million agreement. And Darnell Nurse signed an eight-year, $74 million deal with the Edmonton Oilers. Are we concerned that these are getting high, too high? Let's just recap what... Thanks for the email, Jeff, by the way. But did you hear the dollar figures, 215 mil? 207 mil, 258 mil, the hockey guy, 74 mil. (laughs) Bit of a disparity there. Um, But I'm like, I'm concerned. Like it's getting way up there. Like Steph Curry is going to be making $60 million in the last year of his contract. A year, $60 million a year to play basketball. That is insane. But I, they can do it. 
the the leagues can do this because I look at the TV contracts. The NBA's deal is almost up. Uh, they they're looking at negotiating a new deal. It's currently paying twenty four billion dollars. It's is what the TV deal is worth. They're looking to sign a new deal around seventy five eighty billion dollars. So of course teams can afford these players. The NFL had just signed, what did we talk about? A $113 billion deal. If you combine all the NHL agreements, their deal just in Canada alone with Rogers was $5.2 billion. It's pretty paltry compared to the other sports, but they just signed ESPN and Turner Sports. And I think combined, that's worth uh, $700 million. So... As long as TV contracts continue to go this high, I think we're still going to see sports athletes' salaries skyrocket. And I know the common perception is, too, that um, that makes ticket prices go up. But an expert in these things that I was watching, um, I guess probably about a year and a half ago, said ticket prices are based solely on what the team thinks the city can bear, what the market can bear, and what people will pay. It doesn't. They're not trying to recoup salaries from the fans. Yeah, that's why the TV deals are so important, right? That's where the teams make their money. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I'm not concerned with the the salary numbers at all. Number one, it's not my money. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll pay two hundred dollars, uh, you know, a couple times a year in total to go buy tickets to go see the Tigers or whatever. I have the ability to to purchase the MLB package and watch Tiger games every single game at home uh, that I want for hundred and sixty bucks a year. So my concern as a fan comes from those things becoming more expensive you know will there be a time that the mlb tv or the nba nba or nhl deals end up getting to 300 dollars a year uh, would i still pay it yeah yeah but you know when you look at some of the the values of these teams golden state is valued by forbes at 4.7 billion dollars they're talking about 150 million dollars in revenues so when you're talking about $215 million over four years, that doesn't look as as huge, right? Buffalo's worth $2.5 or $2.3 billion, the Buffalo Bills. So a five-year or a six-year deal worth two fifty eight. Not not out of the realm of, of possibility, you know. And again, Manny, you talked about the drop off. The Edmonton Oilers worth five hundred and fifty million. So we're looking at four point seven billion for the the Warriors, five hundred and fifty million for the Oilers. But seventy four million dollars of that over over eight years doesn't really break down to too much. My concern has always been as a fan, if you're going to hand out these kinds of deals, and we've talked about this on numerous times on the podcast already, if you're going to hand out these kind of deals, you can't cry poor anymore. You can't explain to your team or to your fan base or whatever, we don't have the money to go get free agents. We can't re-sign this guy. We can't do this. Sorry, we gave Steph Curry $60 million uh, for the last year of his deal. That doesn't cut it for me, so that's my concern as a fan, but am I concerned with where these salaries go? No, it doesn't bother me at all. I, I still think it's just crazy how much we pay for athletes, so I'm a little bit concerned that way, but I, I agree with you. Uh, like when you look at the overall value of these teams, it's a drop in the bucket. And you look at the TV contracts that I mentioned, not to mention the merchandise sales that each team gets a percentage of as well. So um, there's still a lot of revenue coming in. 
Stephanie from Mississauga wrote us a message on social media talking about the NFL Hall of Fame induction on the weekend. Next year, acceptance speeches will probably shrink to four minutes. And speaking of rivals, my good friend Tom Brady is here tonight. By the time he is inducted, by the time Tom Brady is inducted in his first year of eligibility in the year 2035, he'll only have time to post his acceptance speech on his Instagram account. The Peyton Manning was cracking jokes as he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And Stephanie writes, Hey guys, I love listening to you guys debate on the podcast. The Hall of Fame induction ceremony on the weekend got me thinking about the all-time best quarterbacks. I think we can all agree that Tom Brady is the GOAT, but who is the second greatest QB of all time? You just heard him. Uh, it's Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning, numbers-wise, as at the top, uh, was the best until he was recently passed in in a few different categories. You know, look at some of his numbers: 539 career touchdowns. He's got a 96.5% passer rating in his career. He won two Super Bowls. He was a Super Bowl MVP. He was a Pro Bowler 14 times. He won NFL MVP five times, Offensive Player of the Year two times. I mean, the knock on Peyton Manning is that he only won two Super Bowls, and he doesn't have a great playoff record. I can't put that all that blame on, on Peyton Manning. He's played for some terrible defenses in Indianapolis in his career, <laughs> some terrible ones. So it's Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning being number two, I always loved watching those two guys play each other when they were playing each other in the regular season, Colts-Patriots, Broncos-Patriots, to see Tom Tom Brady and Peyton Manning go head to head. I think uh, Brady is secured number one, and I think Peyton Manning secured number two. And you could make an argument that Peyton Manning may have won more if not for Tom Brady, right? Because sure. they always matched each other in the AFC Championship game. I think there's a bit of a recency bias, though, on your behalf there, Matt. Like, where does Joe Montana rank? This guy's won four Super Bowls. First player ever to win three Super Bowl MVP awards. He's thrown 11 touchdowns in those Super Bowl wins, four of them. He's got four Super Bowl rings. He threw 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like, that's an incredible, incredible stat. And he threw 68% completion rate in the Super Bowl. Like, that is remarkable. I think Joe Montana to me, is number two. Um, I would put Peyton three. You know, maybe by by the end of this conversation in five to ten years, maybe we're saying Pat Mahomes is the greatest of all time. Like, wouldn't you say, wouldn't you rank Dan Marino higher if he won a championship? Like, Dan Marino, when he retired, he had 40 records to his name, but he never won the big game. And some people think... You know, if he was playing in today's game, he would be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, and that kills him. And I really think Dan Marino is, if he's not top five, he's just outside of it. Um, you know, you ask where Montana is for me. I'm not dropping Montana too far down the list. I'm going Tom Brady, one, Peyton Manning, two, Anthony Calvillo, three. And then I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to go Joe Montana, four. Where is Conreg Holloway when you need him? <laughs> Doug Flutie, come on. It's Damon Allen on your list. Where? Where's Damon Allen? <laughs> All right, jerks. Our next question comes via Twitter. 
from Jesse in Royal Oak, Michigan. He writes, hey guys. Jesse! Yes. Love the debate about the Detroit Tigers on the OT. I hope the Tigers do spend, but did you guys catch the uniforms for the Field of Dreams game between the White Sox and the Yankees? What do you think of the uniforms and will you be watching? Here's an unpopular opinion, first and foremost, off the bat. I don't get the Yankees uniforms. I've never gotten them. They're boring. They've just got lines up and down. I don't get the the you know the the lure of it or or the prestige. You know the prestige comes from their success, but I don't think the uniforms attractive in any way. The Chicago the Chicago White Sox. Field of Dreams jersey will make you cry when they take the field. It is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's almost exact to the the jerseys that they wore in the movie. I cannot wait for this game. This is going to be the game of the year. This is the first time, and you can save this for shot. This is the first time I hope this game goes longer than three hours because I just <laughs> want the camera to just pan across that stadium the whole time. I totally agree with you. I think the Yankees uniform's pretty plain, but I you know, it's tradition, whatever it is. Like they haven't veered off tradition. It's, it's very always much. just said New York in capital letters across right. the front, and it's very I, I don't think it's ever on the road uh said the last names on the back. So it's just been two numbers and New York. I don't get it. And the numbers changed a little bit, right? Like yeah, the style there's been of the some numbers. Font changes. Yeah. Yeah. But the White Sox uniforms are amazing. I wish Sick. they would wear them more often. They yeah. are unbelievable. And I'll be watching because I hope, I haven't read this yet. I don't know if they're doing this, but I hope on the broadcast, it's an old school broadcast as well. Like, how are they keeping score? Is it going to be a person putting up the numbers on the outfield board? Like, um, I hope I hope there's a tip of the cap to the the old school days during the broadcast on Thursday. I think my my great wish is that the this commentators or play by play is is the play by play, but the commentators throughout the game are stars of the movie. I think if you get Kevin Costner in there for an inning or two, you know, you get some of those other big people that were in that movie that you can you can you know, even the kids would be funny to just see the kids now. Gabby Hoffman I think was the the girl's name because that movie's 30 years old now or whatever the um uh the the release date of it. I think it'd be awesome to have some of the old cast come out and, and talk about that. I know Fox did a uh, pre-show um, special on uh, on the, the movie, um, which I haven't had a chance to watch yet. But I hope they're involved in that uh, in that the whole way through. I saw a little bit of it. I didn't I didn't see that part, but I saw a little bit of it, and it it was a good show. Actually, it's worth watching. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Hell, is James Earl Jones still alive? Oh yeah, I, f- I killed off uh, Phil Donahue last week, and he is very much alive. Like, if he's alive, he should be doing play-by-play. I, I just Matt want to hear Damon. James Earl Jones talk. I think he is. Do you guys remember Matt Damon was in that movie? Yeah, he was one of the, the, the White Sox. James Earl Jones is still alive. Yes. Get him in there. Come on. He's, Come on, Fox. He's 90. He's 90 years old. Matt Damon was in that movie. Yeah. Um, you go- what, was her, what was her name? Uh, Amy, Amy Madigan. Wife. Amy Madigan. Amy that's Madigan. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Amy Madigan. The other guy that had the beard that was the brother-in-law that uh, was telling him to. Yeah. He was. He was great. Timothy Busfield, right? Yeah. He do was great. not sell this farm. Yeah. Do not sell this farm. Where do these players come from? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Brilliant idea. It's too bad they didn't get to do it last year. I hope they got it all lined up for this year. Great question, Jesse. 
And our next question comes from Sandra in London, who wants to know what we thought of the Summer Olympics and what were some of the best moments? Uh, In the end, I watched a lot more than I expected. I sort of picked up my viewing, I think, and that had to do because Canada, I think, was performing very well at the Games. And it ended off so beautifully with that soccer contest. I thought that was fantastic. The Canadian women winning gold. Uh, I thought they were fantastic. And I was really, really happy that Canada won gold, especially for Christine Sinclair, who may be the best women's soccer player in the entire world. She holds the gold scoring record for that matter. But I thought to win gold for her, to get it done for her in what basically was her swan song, although she hasn't ruled out coming back, I thought that was a great capper to the Olympics for Canada. Yeah, that was cool. Andre de Grasse, of course, uh, winning the 200 meters was an awesome race. Uh, Penny Oleksiak, is it Oleksiak? Yeah, Oleksiak. Oleksiak. Your last name? Yeah. I feel yeah, yeah. like the girls, the all-time medal winner in our country, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, shows <laughs> how little I pay attention to the Olympics. But there was a lot of... The greatest summer Olympian of in Canadian history. There was a lot of, of great moments for Canada. They They were an exceptional showing this time around. And let's plug the Windsor area girls since Matt and I are down here. Uh, yeah. Kylie Moss. Kylie. Great, great swimmer. Um, and Matt and I always have a drink in her name. Maggie McNeil, another uh, swimmer, women's 100 yeah, meter yeah, butterfly. Yeah. She was great. Good old London girl, too. Yeah. What about you, Rashad? You watched. You probably watched more of it than Matt and I combined. Yeah, the, uh, the women's uh, swim team, the 4x100, I enjoyed that. And then... Penny Alexiak um, solo, um, yeah, Kylie Moss, uh, Andre DeGrasse. We we watched that. We were really excited about that. Uh, trying to think of who else. Um, Did you see him in the relay? Like Canada was fifth in the relay, and they, they passed the baton to him, and he yeah. went from oh yeah fifth to third in a heartbeat. Don't I'm worry, like, guys. Wow. Got this. Got this, guys. Yeah. That's- unbelievable yeah that was that was really something else and then yeah the women's soccer topping it off yeah that was a that was a great olympics that was a lot of fun to watch can you believe what we just saw this is incredible you know guys i gotta be honest i have goosebumps unbelievable my god And now it's time for our play of the week, picked by you, the fans, and our social media followers. And it comes from the Summer Olympics in Tokyo, just like we were talking about Andre de Grasse winning the 200-meter race, capturing gold for Canada. Now, I'd normally play the audio, but due to broadcast rights restrictions of the IOC, we can't play the clip for you, but it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a great race. I had to watch it. I had to watch it live, and he was unbelievable. And anybody that says watching somebody run is boring just doesn't get it. Right, Adam Hooper? (laughs) (laughs) Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And you can find our poll next Monday on all of our social media accounts. We'll post the candidates' top plays of the week every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. We'll show the video, give you the opportunity to vote for it, and then you guys decide what the play of the week is next week. Hey, if you've ever seen any looting on American TV when uh, there's civil unrest and you watch a guy get a TV from Best Buy, watching that guy run is really exciting. (laughs) Zing, bam, boom. (laughs) And one final listener question from Chad in Penetanguishing who wants to know if we saw the uh, pitch by Brooke Holt of the Texas Rangers. Brock Holt will make the... Performance on the mound here. Third 
career appearance. Trying to get that 13 and a half ERA down. And the first pitch. That's a strike. Yes, it is. Oh, my goodness. Well, look, he was working on it out there. He's mastered it. 31. He's going to come back with probably 58. It's going to look like 100. He threw a 31-mile-per-hour pitch. Chad wants to know if we would connect with that pitch. Yeah. Did you see how high it went, though? It's kind of like softball. It was a softball pitch. It yeah. was slower than some of the softball pitches that I've seen playing rec <laughs> softball at the <laughs> at the Kaboto Club. No, I tell you, uh, yeah. I, I mean, unless he's got some dirty knuckleball spin on this thing, yeah. I think the majority of, of adults who have played baseball at some level uh, would be able to swing and make contact with it. Maybe not the first time because you, know, you look at the, the eyes of the hitter. He's used to the ball coming three times as fast as that. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a... <laughs> but yeah, if yeah, you know but- it's coming, absolutely. You hear that? You see that coming in going, what the heck is this? <laughs> where, is, where is the question from? Uh, Penetanguishi. Yep. He could, you would hit that to Midland from Penetanguishi. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. One of the greatest soccer players in the world, Messi, is leaving Barcelona and joining PSG. Why is this such a big deal? Okay, like we're talking about one of the greatest soccer players of all time. I would suggest the greatest, but go ahead. Second greatest next to CR7, you know. But it would be as if LeBron James would become a free agent. Wayne Gretzky becoming a free agent. And the team, he wanted to re-sign with that team... Wayne Gretzky wanted to re-sign with the Edmonton Oilers, but then they couldn't afford him because they had too much debt. And he had to walk away. That's why this is so big. He like, even mess- offered to take so much less. To the, I mean, 50% less. less. Look at the numbers, less. But you talk about how much money gets thrown around. But they're, this, the team is still, oh, we just can't do it, guys. Sorry. Sorry. He was there for 20 years. He scored 672 goals in 778 games. He won 34 trophies for that Spanish club. Yeah. And he wanted to stay. And he's one of the biggest names in all of sport. That's why this is a big deal. So wait, you're telling me he scored 0.6 or 0.7 goals a game in a game where there's no scoring. That is impressive. That's why he's the second greatest soccer player in the entire world. <laughs> Messi's the man. Look, if if I know one thing about soccer, I know that uh, Messi doesn't mind going home uh, as often as possible. <laughs> if, you know what, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Just take a look at the, uh, watch the press conference a little bit there, and I'm sure Messi's just uh, <laughs> thrilled to go home and, and cash the checks. He's scoring more than just on the pitch. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say that's why he's the best soccer player in the world (laughs) (laughs) and uh, John Cooper of the Tampa Bay Lightning has been picked to coach Team Canada's hockey team at the Winter Olympics and this might be obvious was there any other choice 
No, next question. Uh, no, there there isn't. I mean, he's he's the best coach on the on the planet, as far as I'm concerned. Nationality aside, um, you know, and we add a great staff uh, to the the team as well. Barry Trotz being in there, Bruce Cassidy is going to be an assistant. Uh, like it's a it's a stacked coaching staff. Um, Peter DeBoer. Peter DeBoer is going to be in there as well, but he's definitely he's he's the man. There's there's no question about it. I don't think there's there's any debate to be had. 647 winning percentage. I I think the second guy on your list is Barry Trotz, and he's going to be an assistant anyway. Yeah. Netflix is releasing a documentary called Malice in the Palace, which looks at the brawl between the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers and Ron Artest jumping into the stands to fight a fan. Ben to the rack, lays it up, no, but we do have a whistle and a foul. Ben just went after Artest. Oh, that's not we good. got trouble right here in the Motor City. We got big trouble here in the Motor City. That's not good for Ben. And Derek Coleman is up the bench. That's going to be a uh, suspension. There goes our tenth up into the crowd. He's absolutely out of his mind. And Steven Jackson slugging people in the crowd here. The whole Indiana team is in the crowd. And now the Pistons are coming over. This is not good for the NBA or for Detroit. This is the ugliest scene you'll ever see. Sheet has to get out of the stands. What in the world is going on here? Do you guys remember that from 2004? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was 2004. That was, that was 2004. Wow. Yeah. 17 years ago. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was an unbelievable unbelievable scene uh, they're they're still to this day uh, to see players jumping six rows in and throwing haymakers at guys uh, i mean running up and down the stands people fans jumping on the crowd getting sucker punched or trying to swing and miss on uh, 31 mile an hour fastballs uh, <laughs> that would be the basketball players that are running at them unbelievable scene i can't wait for this and that was really like you talk about the the Pistons team and, and the way that that Pistons team came together, it, they win a championship in 2004. One of those things for sure that like the bad boys were back uh, at that point, and I think they just went on a massive roll after that uh, and just ran right through it. I just remember uh, I was watching something that night. I don't know what it was, but then you know, and but then they broke into programming with yeah. this or something like that. And then I couldn't stop watching. I stayed up till two in the morning watching all the sports centers and stuff like that to watch this. I'm like, this is incredible. Because you couldn't watch it on your phone. Like, if you remember, 17 years ago, I, I don't even, it was a flip phone, right? Yeah, Wasn't yeah. it a flip phone back in the days? <coughs> Rotary dial for me. I don't know where you guys were. <laughs> <laughs> My Motorola Crazer. Yeah. Is that what it was? It was yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Come on, guys. I'm trying to watch the video. I, I'm going to watch this doc, too. I can't wait for yeah. it. Yeah. And finally, we have another song for Pump It or Dump It. But before we do that, we have a response from Kiefer, who didn't like our critique about the Post Malone song from episode 54. He says we sound like old guys yelling about new music. Get off my lawn. <laughs> Stop playing that racket. Kiefer, it's not even the guy that's singing it. It doesn't even sound like the guy. <laughs> and uh, now, Puppeter Dumper for this week is from Angela in Dauphin. 
Uh, that's in northern Manitoba, if anyone is wondering. Oh uh, she wants wow. to share. What are they playing on the radio in Dolphin? <laughs> <laughs> Home record. Fun fact: my wife actually worked in Dolphin, Manitoba, for a short did time. Did she really? She really. Fun did. fact. <laughs> yep. Does she know Angela? Wow. <laughs> I'm gonna find out. <laughs> Angela, do you know Jill Young? <laughs> She's probably heard her. That's uh-huh. right. On the radio. <laughs> so uh, Angela wants us to share our opinion on the weekend's remix with Ariana Grande. So that's a new spin on Save Your Tears. It's a remix. What do you guys think? Pump it or dump it, fellas? What do you guys think of remixes? I I always find it hard to enjoy the remixes because I'm always singing the older versions of the songs, <laughs> especially when they sample old songs and stuff. Like you're just waiting for it, and you're you're singing along to a song from like 1994 when it's a brand new hit because you're just listening to the beat in the background. I love it. I'm a, I'm a weekend guy. I think he's I think he's a he's a great singer. I like pretty much anything he's put out. Kiefer. <laughs> and actually um it's funny when uh, they performed that at the iheart music awards ariana grande came out and did it with him and uh, that live performance is really good too yeah i like it i don't know if i'd pump it overly t- loud no it's, it's, it's <laughs> but, a nice smooth track yeah. this is yeah. that's a barbecue kind of track in we're we're getting into the night it's you know 7 seven thirty. uh we we've been at it for a little bit there you've lost at cornhole a couple times uh, i'm trying not to throw up in your backyard uh, <laughs> again that song comes on we're you know it's we're we're enjoying it the evening's about to get to get started and then we can start pumping and dumping uh, some calvin harris after that <laughs> Kiefer can listen to Kiefer can listen Post to Post Malone, Malone on his car ride home. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for Rapid Fire. Remember to send us your thoughts by email at fourfeatureconsiderations at gmail.com like Kiefer does each week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and send us some more songs for Pump It or Dump It. Kiefer, you're going to have to redeem yourself. I know we still have a few in the bag there, so... Yeah, um, do we have any from the Four Tops? Anything new from the Four Tops that we can throw out there, boys? Come on, maybe something right up my alley. To our older listeners out there, feel free to email us and let us know uh, some of your older songs. We don't. It doesn't have to be new. Yeah, we'll do a classic edition, for sure. Although we, we've done country. Mm-hmm. We've done country, and the song that we did for country is blowing up right now. It is. Yeah, um... But we, we haven't done really good hard rock. So if you have a good new hard rock yeah. song, send that in. Yeah. We want to thank our sponsors on this episode. Up for future considerations, London Awnings, quality that shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. He's a rocker. He would have a good song for, for Pump It or Dump It rock edition for sure. Okay, Shane. Yeah. You're on deck. And remember, this is our only show this week. So um, if you want a little more of us, you can go back. Our feed is filled with some perfectly average shows that you can enjoy. And uh, 
a few above average shows as well. A few. Yeah. Go back and take a look at some of the previous episodes. Uh, some of the great guests that we've had on uh, as well. Uh, we've gone through NHL, uh, OHL, uh, Scouts. We had uh, Messi on before he, he made this announcement. <laughs> it was a great episode. It'll be a little bit harder to find, a little bit uh, you know, on the, on the dark web, but, but it's there. So check those out. Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, as well as for future considerations on Facebook. Yeah, uh, some great episodes. Uh, Rocky Thompson. Uh, Mike Fuda, uh, Wyatt Johnston, just to name a few. Remember to follow us on social media too, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook. Until next time, enjoy the week, and thanks for listening to For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful, their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.